0: Coffee Break Conversations Season 1, Episode 8 Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Coffee Break Conversations podcast. I'm Mark, the host of Coffee Break Languages and this week I'm speaking to someone who has turned their passion for languages into a business. Beck Howie from Melbourne, Australia founded Irregular Endings, a business selling beautiful printed goods for language lovers, including calendars, flashcards and diaries. She's also one of the founding members of Language Lovers AU, a community for all those who are interested in language learning in Australia. And as if that wasn't enough, along with co-founder Penny Wilson, another language-loving Australian, Beck co-hosts the Language Chats podcast. In this interview, we hear more about Beck's story, about language learning in Australia and the types of events and meetups organised by Language Lovers AU. So without further ado, let's get started. And we are absolutely delighted today to be joined by Beck. Beck, hi, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me here.
0: We are delighted to have you here in the Coffee Break studio. You're, you're far-travelled. The, the accent immediately should give it away.
1: It <laughs> Tell
0: us a little more about where you're from and, and what brings you to the Coffee Break studio today.
1: So I'm, I'm from Australia. That's mm-hmm. probably evident from my accent. Um, I'm from Melbourne, which is right down south. Um, and... I'm here in Glasgow today. Um, I'm actually really on holiday.
0: (laughs) Making you work on your holiday is terrible.
1: (laughs) No, but um, I had been here for, well, in Scotland for the language event Edinburgh, which was on last weekend um, at the time of recording. Um, And I've been having a lovely week here in Scotland with my husband, actually.
0: You can tell us a little more about your, your trip to Scotland in just a moment. We, we love hearing about people coming to Scotland and enjoying the country. But anyway, first of all, tell us a little about some of the things that you do that are linked to language learning. Because I know you, you've got your finger in many pies.
1: I do. So um, I guess the main thing that I've been doing that is language related is I have a, a little business called Irregular Endings mm-hmm. um, where I make printed goods for people who are learning languages um, or interested in languages. And it's just to help people bring a little bit of the language that they're learning into their everyday life um, through something that is fresh and colourful and and is a bit of fun. And physical. And physical. Something that's very tangible. So um, greeting cards and stationery Mm -hmm. and bags and things like that. Like I said, just lots of fun stuff.
0: I think that's exactly it. Because when you're learning a language, bringing that language into the the, the everyday parts of life is so important. Basically, the more you get a little input in the in the language, the better. And if you can do that by the, the the things that you're carrying around or the the greeting cards that you're sending, then it's it's perfect.
1: That's exactly right. I think it's very hard, or can be very hard, in an English-dominated society in particular, to have any kind of input from you know, with with the language that you are learning. And yeah, for me, it really is about those those little steps that you can take, the little things that you can see if you've got a, a notepad on your desk that has, you know, some words in your target language that you just see all of the time and that can be the small amount of input that just reminds you every day to to be checking and to be having something in your mind reminding you that oh yes that's what you know monday is in french oh yeah today is lundi c'est lundi and then suddenly you realize that actually in your regular everyday where you're whether you're at work or at home or you know anywhere you can still have the language that you're learning involved in your life you don't have to necessarily be in a country where it's spoken.
0: Absolutely. So important. So important. Now, you also are involved in, in a community in, in Australia. Tell us more about the, the language learning community that, that you are, are involved in.
1: Yeah. So that's called Language Lovers AU. Now, myself and um, Penny Wilson, who's another, another language loving Australian. Hi, Penny. <laughs> Hi, Penny. Um, we started that together, and that was pretty much because we met. And then we were like, wow, this is great. Having somebody else in Australia who's interested in languages, would you believe it? <laughs> um, which as soon as we we had this, this fantastic first discussion, then we thought we can't be the only ones. It can't be just us. There must be some other people. Maybe there aren't, but we'll just see if there are. <laughs> and so initially we just started a, a Facebook group just to... You know, put it out there. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody else who wants to get together and chat about languages? Um, or who might like to come some to some events to to some physical real meetups yep. where you can meet with other people who are interested in many languages. So not specifically one or another, but maybe lots. Um, and that was how Language Lovers AU got started. So yeah, that is mainly a, a community, but mm-hmm. we do run some events as well.
0: So tell us a little bit about the, the type of events that you, that you run.
1: So we have sometimes just regular social meetups, um, which are just about getting people together in the same place. We also run some more specific events, um, for specific languages to help people have an experience in our city um, where they can use the language that they're learning um, in a very active way. So um, the first sort of category of those are called uh, language workshops mm-hmm. and they're like a, a walking workshop um, mm-hmm. where you can be doing something, moving around, talking to a group of people and it's led by a, a teacher usually um, and it just means that you can use the the existing Situation that you're in, the place where you are, where of course not everybody else is speaking the language that you're learning, but you can and you can use the things that you're seeing around you to help to help prompt you and remind you of things that you might, you know, maybe vocabulary that you haven't learned yet. Oh, I'd really like to be able to say this in Italian or yeah. in French. Um, so and you're run... in the best
0: situation there because you can ask the person exactly. Exactly, <laughs> you've got someone to
1: assist you, and yeah. you've got other people around you who are in exactly the same situation mm-hmm. too. They're you know. They're also learners as well, so you're kind of all in it together. Um, so we run some of those. Um, we also have some introductory workshops that we run called Language Bites and they're um, kind of a yeah very a beginner workshop that's organised over a meal. So it's a nice sort of convivial, you know, warm. Um, environment where you get to enjoy a great meal and also get to learn a little bit about the language and maybe the culture mm-hmm. of um, that specific, uh, the, the the relevant language, I suppose, in that case.
0: So in Australia, are there lots of people learning languages?
1: Yes, I would say there Good. are lots of people learning languages. <laughs> That's yes, the right it, answer. It's quite heartening <laughs> for, for those of us who are interested in, in languages. Um, and I think that maybe like in the UK. Um, A lot of people have exposure to languages at school Mm -hmm. um, but later in life as adults they often come back to wanting to learn languages um, and it's important at that point to sometimes be able to show people that the way that they learnt languages at high school or at primary school is not necessarily the way you have to learn languages later on. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something else that, you know, through uh, Language Lovers AU, we try to be able to show people within the community and people who come to our events, um, because that is something that I've found is not evident. Um, People really do feel like often that the only way to learn a language is to be seated at a desk in a class. Yeah, and yeah. and although there's nothing wrong with classes, I, I'm I love classes, <laughs> <laughs> and I do enjoy some some good sort of sit down uh, learning time. Um, it is important to acknowledge as well that there is, like, learning a language is about communicating with other people. And if you're not communicating with other people, then you're you know potentially missing some of that joy that there is in interacting with others. Um, so. Yeah, it's something that we like to promote through those events and also something that we like to chat about on our podcast, Language Chats. Ah.
0: (laughs) So, your podcast. (laughs) Tell us more about your podcast.
1: (laughs) So, we have a a podcast called Language Chats. Um, It is, I suppose, a a learner's point of view Uh um, into language-related topics that we like to discuss. Basically, Penny and I were having some chats with each other, conversations that, you know, over coffees. Like, you know, coffee breaks. Um, that, that one's taken. Okay, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were having some chats together about, you know, things that we were using to learn, some, you know, interesting interesting moments where we found ourselves caught at a bit of a loss for words mm. or mistakes that we'd made or really successful moments where we found we could say something and, you know, it wasn't that great. And, and these sorts of discussions we were like, actually, it might, be, it might be fun to share some of these with other people too and that's how we started the podcast.
0: So you continue to produce the podcast. You you do that. Is that weekly? Is it in seasons? How does it work?
1: We usually do it fortnightly. Fortnightly, okay. yeah, fortnightly. So with a, a focus, I suppose, on being Australians who are learning languages, but it is a podcast we hope for for all learners everywhere. Excellent,
0: good stuff. Now, as a learner yourself, let's let's talk a little bit about your own language learning because you, you've mentioned that you you feel yourself as a learner. Um, tell us about the the languages that you have. Encountered yourself.
1: Okay, so I started learning French. That was, I guess, by probably been my longest language love. Okay, <laughs> um, I learned it at school right the way through from the from the very beginning. Although I'm sure, like most other people, um, it's it feels like you didn't really start learning a language at school until later in the piece. So yeah. even if you were sort of doing it at primary school, really, you were just sort of building some vocab, but, um, you know, later on it, it got better. Um, so I did French through, through school, um, through uni as well. Um, and now I get to work with the French language, um, through my, my day job, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is very cool.
0: And can I ask what that day job is?
1: Yes. So I work for the Alliance Francaise in Melbourne.
0: So your, your day job involves you in languages as well.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> which is, um, it's a very cool thing to be able to have another language that I can use day to day in Australia. That's um, yeah, quite, a, quite a cool thing to have for work.
0: Has it always been French that has been your main interest?
1: So um, initially it was, but I guess French was kind of a a gateway into being interested in other languages too. So um, I then started learning some German um, with my husband. That was about, um, probably about... five years ago, five and a half years ago uh-huh. um, and we just did we're doing some some evening classes you know once a week, nothing too intense but um, we really enjoyed it. Um, so that sort of sparked a, a new love for the German language there um, and then a little bit later I started learning some Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, we were planning a trip to Sicily and I just and we'd been watching some Italian TV and so I got very very interested in Italian. so I thought oh why not you know we've got some French anyway we'll just yeah. use some some romance language help. Um, with, with that one. And so I started learning some Italian and then I'm a bit of a serial dabbler. So (laughs) I do, I do love to have a little bit of a, a little bit of a try, um, Mm -hmm. in many other little languages, but, uh, yeah, they're the main ones. Okay.
0: Would you say that that focus on, on sort of European languages, for want of a better word, um, is that common in Australia? Do, do people tend to learn those languages or are Japanese, Mandarin, Cantonese and, and Vietnamese and so on, are they equally as, as popular?
1: I would say that there's a real mix, um, especially from a school, like education point of view. Yeah. Um it used to be very European languages focused. Um, in the last probably 30 to 40 years, I would say that increase, um, the increase on Asian languages uh, as a focus has, has is something that we've really seen um, and that's still very much promoted these days too. So um, although French and Italian still remain um, very, very common languages at school, um, so are Mandarin, Chinese, um, Indonesian to a degree, Um Japanese, although it used to, there used to be more of a focus on Japanese, and yeah. that's sort of being replaced more by Mandarin Chinese now. So, depending on what school you went to and what mixture of languages you may have had, um, you may have had exposure to, to any of those, mm-hmm. and um, and hopefully kept up some interest in in some of those too over time.
0: Yeah. Is Korean making any? Yeah. Developments in so, education?
1: Interestingly, I read an article not too long ago from um, SBS. I don't know uh, if you know the, the, the SBS, Australian they're one of our broadcasting, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the special broadcasting service in Australia, um, who have a fantastic multilingual um, range um, of content. Um, They had an article not too long ago about people being increasingly interested in Australia in learning Korean um, because of Mm -hmm. K-pop, which I thought was actually really cool and which I love as well because I'm, I'm really passionate about showing people that they should use things that they're passionate about, things that interest them in life to to help learn the languages that they want to learn, or if that's a reason that you want to learn a language, go for it, because it's just, you know, that is what will get you motivated. If you love listening to K-pop and you want to be able to understand all the words that you're listening to a song, use it, go for it, why not? Um, So I think that's actually very, very cool. And if that, um, you know, drives more people to do it, then absolutely.
0: I always think it's it's not even necessarily about the, the particular language that you're learning, it's about that idea of of acquiring another code, another system exactly. and the, the, the changes that that makes in your brain uh, and the abilities that, that that develops in you and the, the, the all the, the side skills that you pick up in addition to being able to speak in that language or communicate in that language.
1: Yeah, I completely agree.
0: Okay, we're going to take a short break there and we'll be back in just a moment to find out more about Beck's own language learning experience. Here at Coffee Break Languages, we provide a whole range of materials to help you take your next step with learning a language. We offer free podcasts in a range of languages and also full online courses with video materials, lesson notes and more to help you make faster progress. Just search for Coffee Break Languages or visit coffeebreakacademy.com. You're listening to Coffee Break Conversations, and today we're talking to Beck Howie from Australia, and uh, we're going to find out more about her experience both as a language professional and as a language learner. Beck, as a language learner, like all of our listeners, I'm sure that you've encountered some, some challenging aspects of, of learning a language. Can you share with us any situations where you've found maybe hitting a, a brick wall in your learning or, or some setbacks, but being able to get over them?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think it's normal for everyone to experience setbacks and also to have moments where you just don't have any motivation. <laughs> Sometimes you just lose it. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with having a, a lull. It just happens in life, you know. But it's always getting getting back to it. And I think what's really important when you're trying to re motivate yourself again is what got you here in the first place? Why did you why did you decide you wanted to learn? insert language here Uh you know what what was there is it (laughs) k-pop you know was it was it the music that really got you interested in in wanting to um wanting to learn korean is it was there a tv show this is always happens to me I'm, i'm i love tv and i'm i'm very very distracted by tv shows that have other languages in them because i'm like oh that sounds great maybe i'll learn that but for me like relatively recently for german i have had some German TV shows that I have absolutely loved and been obsessed with. Okay. And whenever I felt that moment where I'm kind of like, ugh, I'm a bit over adjective declensions. <laughs> and then I'm like, actually, you know what? I'm just going to go and watch a few episodes yeah. of... The Dark. Oh, is Oh, yeah. it's so good. So, <laughs> I've know. not watched season two yet, so <laughs> don't tell me anything. No, no spoilers. Um, but, you know, I'll go and watch an episode or a couple of episodes of, it, of one of the TV shows that really gets me feeling again, oh, gosh, I love this language. I love how it sounds. I love how it meets my ears. And um, and that will, you know, get you back again into being like, okay, I'm ready to try something. You know, I'm ready to try and, you know, do some some writing practice or I'm ready to, to take a lesson with somebody and, and – um, yeah, that's what you've really got to find and stick to.
0: I think you're absolutely right. And it's funny you you're saying about TV. I, one of my earliest memories of uh, the dabbling that you mentioned earlier in, in other languages came, and I, I can't even remember when this would be, probably mid 80s. So I would be 12, 11 or 12 or something like that. And I remember the wonderful Clive James broadcasting about, uh, he did a trip to, to Kenya. And he spoke a few words of Swahili in this, which, of course, immediately sent me off and trying to go <laughs> to the library to find a Teach Yourself Swahili book. And just that little spark of interest, I think, I wonder what language they speak there and, you know, trying to learn that. Um, and of course, nowadays, it's so easy. <laughs> you don't have to find a, a, a... I actually remember at the time I had to put in an order for them to transfer the Teach, Your Health, oh, really? Teach Yourself Swahili book from another <laughs> local library to my library, to, so that I could learn a few words of, of, of Swahili at the time.
1: But it's that curiosity, isn't it? I think whatever whatever sparked your curiosity initially, like grab onto the, or, or sparks your curiosity along the way <laughs> as well because there will be many things when you're learning a language that you're like, ooh, what's that? Ooh, what's that? And if you can take tabs of, of what those moments are. That is what you will need at your down times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the times where you have a setback, you need to have your little list of things that get you going again and be able to say, okay, all right, what's, here's my list. Um, you know, what's going what's gonna to get me back on the, on the bandwagon again? Yeah,
0: fantastic. Okay, it's time for the quickfire round. So first of all, your favorite language?
1: French. I think I just have to give it to French. Okay. It would be unfair not to. <laughs> it's given me it's given me a lot and, and I'm grateful for that.
0: Do you have a favorite word or phrase in French?
1: Yes. I love actually I have a couple. Can okay. we can have a couple? So I love l'esprit de l'escalier, uh-huh. which is an expression about wanting yes, the the idea of wanting to go back and say something that you think of later. <laughs> to, you know, when you had a great comeback for something that someone said, but you didn't have it at the time, and you have it five minutes later and you're like,
0: if only I had remembered that. If only I'd known that then.
1: Um, So I do love that idea because we don't really have a direct translation for that in English. Um, I have also always loved the word tristes and it means sadness, which I know, you know, it shouldn't, it's not really a positive word, but I just love how it sounds. Tristes.
0: Just for our listeners who aren't learning French, uh, l'esprit de l'escalier is literally the spirit of the staircase. And we we should really try to find out why the spirit of the staircase is called that. I
1: always imagine myself like tumbling down the stairs afterwards, (laughs) like being like, oh no, I had to come back to that.
0: (laughs) Excellent. You mentioned uh, a German TV show earlier, Dark, uh, but do you have any other favourite TV shows or films in various languages that you're learning?
1: Yes. So, well, my favourite German film is probably one of my favourite films of all time. And it's um, in German, Das Leben der Anderen. Wonderful Um, film. Yeah, fantastic film. In English, it's called The Lives of Others. Mm -hmm. I would recommend to anybody, if you haven't seen this film, please go out and um, watch it. I don't know if it's on any streaming services. But if it's not, find the DVD yes. because you will thank me later.
0: <laughs> it is a brilliant film. And even even the, 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 the declension of the the yes. noun in the title exactly. <laughs> gives you something to think about. I'll, I'll never
1: forget. I'll never forget it.
0: Uh, what about uh, a favourite destination to practice a language you're learning or a language you may learn in the future?
1: Ooh, um, Great question. So...
0: Other than Scotland, obviously.
1: Uh, other, yeah. Well, yes, that's right. I might have to, I know, I might need to learn some some Scots Gaelic, I think, after this trip. I've been a bit enamoured with um, Scotland. Excellent. Um, well, look, let's, I'll go to a past one. Mm-hmm. Um, I learnt Italian or learnt some Italian before going to Sicily and I had an absolutely fantastic time there and I would happily go back to Sicily and both practice my Italian and hopefully one day learn some Sicilian.
0: Fantastic. Okay. Um and finally in, in our quick fire round where would your ideal coffee break be and with whom?
1: Oh, this is a um this is a tough question. Um My ideal coffee break, I'm I'm not sure that the two parts of this are going to quite combine, but let's just go with it. (laughs) So my ideal coffee break would be in a very beautiful part of France that I spent some time au pairing, Mm -hmm. um, well, in which I spent some time au pairing um, about uh, seven or eight years ago now when I was still like a little um, student. Um, So I was an au pair in a place called Ile Uh in the southwest of France. Um, It was beautiful. I would love to go back there again, Um, and that would be where my ideal coffee break would be. Um, The person who my ideal coffee break would be is David Crystal. Okay. Um, Now, he's he's an an English linguist, um, and I've read almost all of his books, uh, and I think he would just the endless language conversations and they'd be so interesting. I would love to have a coffee break with him.
0: David Christel uh, on on de in, in France. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll see what we can do.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, finally, you, you, you mentioned that you, you've been in Scotland. So tell us a little about your, your experiences in, in our beautiful country.
1: Oh, I have had the most wonderful time here and I've only been here, not quite a week yet. Um, al- almost a week. Uh-huh. So, uh, I started in Edinburgh for the the language event, Edinburgh, Um, and Edinburgh is just spectacular. You walk out of the train station straight away and you've got the old town right there. It is just beautiful. Um, So I would recommend it to to anyone. We're also going back there in a couple of days too, which is exciting. (laughs) Um, So I had a great time there. Um, We hired a car or caught up with some friends first, um, sort of in between uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh. And where was um, that? uh, Close to... Bridge of Allen.
0: No, that's not how you how you said Bridge of Allan to me earlier. <laughs> no,
1: it's not. I was I was educated on how I should pronounce it correctly in uh-huh. Scotland, and that is Bridge of Allen.
0: Very good. I have to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your your Scottish accent is much better than my Australian accent. I tell you. <laughs>
1: um, so we had a wonderful time in in that part of in that part of Scotland. Um, we drove up by uh, Loch Lomond. I think, Mm -hmm. is that how you pronounce it? Um, And then we also, yeah, hired a car, um, drove right around via um, Glencoe Mm -hmm. um, towards Oban. Yep. um, Stayed in Oban and then we've made our way back to to Glasgow. So we've had just the most fantastic time here. It is absolutely spectacular.
0: And you've been quite blessed with the weather, I have to say. We have. We really, (laughs)
1: really have. It's been gorgeous.
0: Okay, Beck. how can people find you if they want to find out more about uh, Language Lovers AU or about Irregular Endings or indeed about your podcast?
1: Yep, so you can find us, I suppose, in all the regular places, on Instagram and on Facebook under either Irregular Endings or Language Lovers AU. Mm-hmm. Our websites are... Um, irregularendings.com.au mm-hmm. um, or languagelovers.com.au and if you'd like to listen to our podcast Language Chats, you can search for Language Chats on Spotify, Apple Podcasts um, again, all the usual places or through a website too.
0: Fantastic. Beck, thank you so much for, for calling into the Coffee Break Studios here to to, to speak to us and uh, we wish you well with your, your ongoing journey in language learning.
1: Thank you so much and thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure.
0: I really enjoyed having a chat with Beck, and it was great having her as a visitor here in the Coffee Break studios in Glasgow. To find out more about her many language activities, check out the links in our episode notes. I think one of the key points Beck brought up in this Coffee Break conversation was that it's really important to base learning a language around your hobbies and passions in life, if you can. That's something that we definitely agree with here at Coffee Break. If you're interested in baking, try to read and follow recipes in the language you're learning. Or if you love the outdoors, head out on a walk and make a list of vocabulary to look up when you get back home based on the things you see. As Beck said, that is what will get you motivated and it will also help create an immersive learning experience wherever you are in the world. Once again, thank you to Beck for taking part in this interview with us. We wish her all the best and hope to see her back in Scotland soon. Don't forget that the resources mentioned in all our episodes of Coffee Break Conversations can be found at our website. Just head to coffeebreaklanguages.com where you'll find everything you need. And if you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to help us spread the word to other language learners, we'd love you to leave a review on whichever podcast platform you use. We'll be back again next week with another Coffee Break Conversation. Until then, happy coffee breaking!